last time on the Savage Bear Podcast. Well, hey, well, what a night I've had. We came to the mag mud, I mean the, the mad mug, to celebrate Miron. I thought I'd be sad, but this place has really cheered me up. What's that? Drinking competition with Duke is over there, my good man. Only 20 silver to enter. But yes, what an interesting night indeed. We were threatened by some surly ruffians, but Gale just locked them out of the pub. <laughs> and their leader, Puan, proposed that she should get the job of chief of police. How are you going, Duke, my old pal? Sat? Take your their money, there's a good lad. <sighs> but Puana, she also has some information about that rat lady, what's her name? Thetanemia, uh, who was sneaking around the Lindelda's barn a few nights ago. Interesting indeed. Yes, I'm coming, Duke. Give me one second. Hello and welcome to the Savage Bear Podcast. <laughs> that was so lackluster. Was the hello and welcome? Uh, yeah, no, it's we're just really happy. Nothing about <laughs> nothing about talking wet about cheese. wet feta. Oh Jesus! I really hate it. Oh jeez! What wet feta? I've never actually. Those are two words that should not be put together. Never. What wet? Fe- Stop talking! It doesn't it come wet? Yep. With oil, not with <laughs> water. That the uh, bocconcini has water. Yeah, it's still disgusting. The bocconcini is not feta. It's feta. And it's then. salted water. <laughs> is that what's in? So feta's in salted water. Feta is in oil. Okay, but isn't it wet with oil? Yeah. It depends on the definition of wet, right? Hmm. Okay, hold on. Let me Google this definition of wet. Kind of want to know. No. <laughs> so, we all watch movies of fantasies and stuff like that. What I want to know, have you guys ever seen a show, TV series, or movie where the food in the show made you just really... Like, you really wanted to eat food from a certain show? Because my example was, like, the scene where, uh, in the beginning... Of Spirited Away, oh, when yes. her parents turn into pigs. Spoilers for anyone who hasn't watched it yet, but it's a bit late. Anyway, that food, I was like, oh my god, I just want to go to Japan so I can find it and eat it. And the reason I bring it up is because I completely forgot that I bought this, and I think I need to give this to Bray. But have you seen the book The Hero's Fe- Feast by Dungeons and Dragons? Am I holding it up right now? <laughs> <gasps> He's got it! We're both holding it up! <laughs> we need to have an event where we where I'd say I help you cook, but I'm sure I'll just get in the way. Um Have you have you tried any of the recipes from the Heroes? I have Feast? not. I'm actually in one of my other campaigns where my DM is actually looking to we're, we're organizing a day where we're going to try out several of the recipes and, and do our session. Ooh. And That'd be really cool. Uh, D&D recipes and beers and uh, play D&D at the same time. That would be 
That'd be awesome. Yeah, I've never had, like, every time I've run d and I've always had to buy the snacks. Like, occasionally my guys will bring over, like, a bag of, of Doritos. I refuse to DM if the players aren't bringing snacks. Yeah. <laughs> well, we could do a, uh, a, 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 a food podcast where we uh, sit down and eat Ooh. a bunch of what, ASMR, anyone? Yeah, people can listen to our smacking lips. No? Oh, God. Please, no. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> I couldn't. The taste... 10 out of 10. Air it, air it, warm it up. <laughs> Get it all, yep, all 9,000 taste buds. Roll it. <laughs> all 9,000 taste buds. I love that, That's man. 10. Fantastic. But, but yeah, any any like food that you've seen in like TV shows or movies that you really wanted to eat. Uh, p- part of me, okay, I'll throw another one out there. Part of me wants to try Denethor's cherry tomatoes. Cherry tomatoes. <laughs> they look good, don't they? They look good, and he, he devours just them. He doesn't know how to eat cherry tomatoes, though. I, like, I was thinking about it the other day. Like, I was eating a cherry tomato, and I, I put it in the whole tomato into my mouth and managed to eat it without spilling any of the, the insides of the tomato out of my <laughs> mouth. And I, 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 I had watched The Lord of the Rings recently. I was thinking about it. I was like, man, Dennis thought he just doesn't know how to eat properly. Like, Maybe you just want to see what it looked like inside. True. He, he, he was doing this for science, right? To analyze Maybe he was skinning it first. Skinning <laughs> He is a bit of a masochist, though, right? Because so. he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't eat the skin of a tomato. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, well, I was gonna say there's uh, a couple of. Uh, I want to try lemon bread just because I. Uh, right. I really want to know, like, how much does it fill you up? He's like, one bite is enough to fill the stomach of Roman. Like, how mu- how big is the bite, and like, how much is it? And the hobbits eat it by the slice. Yeah, it's like, I'm really interested to know the interaction like with the hobbits as well. Like, just, they were having a whale of a time. Is uh, maybe the stomachs of elves are really small, so it's like the elves just like can eat a small bite, and it's like yes, it does crop a little bit, but <laughs> I'm just spitballing here. That's right. I mean, I want to find a recipe for Lembus bread. I don't know if it would taste good or not. I haven't found a good one yet. I've, been, I've looked a little bit. I haven't found a good one. Uh, there's a couple of uh, very conflicting ideas about what the idea of lemba bread is. Can you imagine? Some people think it's like a shortbread. Some people think it's like a, a sourdough kneaded bread. It's definitely shortbread. Yeah, uh, there's, a, there's, a lot, there's a lot of conflicting ideas in the uh, in the recipes that I've, I've seen. So I think I just probably need to create my own. Yeah, maybe maybe that's what you need to do. Just release your own recipe for lemba bread. Because I'd always imagined it's just really... It's like cookie-like... Um, Turkish bread. I don't know why. I've looked at that. I imagine it as as um, as elvish hardtack. Hardtack. Yeah, maybe. Perhaps. All these questions and more will be answered one day. I'm excited to eat your recipe of it. <laughs> I'll have to figure something out. All right. Let's get into it. Last time you guys headed out to the Mad Mug for the wake of Miron. Upon arrival, you realised the place was packed with customers spilling out of the tavern onto the road. Bunny left the tavern upon seeing Eliza talking to Axel, but Yuri managed to drag him inside. Kale and Tahalia competed against each other in a dart competition, but Kale was dragged away by the Flamboni sisters who failed to prank him with a sour drink. Javier was magically relaxed by the Griggs, Teresia and Cano, and spoke with the professor about getting some information from the locals. Kale was abruptly interrupted in his game again, but this time by four locals, two of which were the ruffians who had started fighting in the stands the night before. They challenged the party to a four-on-four fight, but uh, the professor tried to step in and stop it. But a gruff voice from one of the tables shouted out to the ruffians to take it outside. As they left, a quick tactical decision was made by Kale, who locked them outside with a chair against the door. 
As they were trying to figure out what to do, a broad dwarven female named Peruna stepped in and said she would take care of it as they were her lads. As the door was opened, her pet goat Violet chased after the ruffians and they left the pub. She introduced herself to the party and informed them that she had information about the halfling druid who attacked the circus. She asked the party to try and convince the mayor to let her be the new town sheriff. They agreed they would speak to him, and she told them that her lads had spotted the halfling with a horde of rats going up to the Lindell barn just outside of town. When the lads headed up there to investigate, they were attacked by a man-eating plant and ran away. The party hung out at the pub for another hour or two, collecting drinks from any of the locals who wanted to offer them to them, and Duke managed to fall asleep due to locals trying to outdrink him and scull pints quicker than him. It is now the early morning. Um, a couple of you guys... Oh, Javier, you're still asleep at the Mad Mug if you did not return. Oh yeah, still snoozing. Mm. And the, the light of the sun is just starting to come up above the horizon. Starting to hit you in the eyes. Starting to make you stir a little bit. Ugh. How much did we drink last night? <laughs> a few. Oh, my thoughts exactly, my good man. Duke then stands up, instantly causing you to fall over, and a few of the locals just go, huh! and fall over on the ground as they were using him for a pillow as well. Sounds of, like, broken glass and... A little bit like, I guess not really much water on him, but like broken glass falling off him. Should we head back? Do you ter- mind terribly carrying me, please? Least I can do, old friend. And you feel one of his tentacles wrap around your stomach and just lift you up and you're planted on top of him. Don't normally do this. Don't, don't let anyone know. And you guys trundle down the street. Duke a little still, still a little bit a little bit inebriated, like swaying from side to side every now and again, having to catch himself with one of his tentacles and push himself upright. Yuri. Yes. Morning light comes up. To presume that you didn't get too much sleep last night. No, probably not. Did you wake up in the morning and make any preparations? Uh, yeah, a few. So Yuri actually... Uh, would like to uh, find a, a couple of black strips of cloth or maybe just like a, a black cloth that he can tear into strips. Be pretty easy to find such a thing. One of which he's yeah, going to tie around the top of his uh, bicep. Hmm. Another of which he's actually going to wrap around the hilt of his um, knuckle dagger in such a way... So it's like wrapped around the handle and and around the um, kind of like the, the the fist guard, I guess, uh, in front of the knuckles, um, but not and not wrapping around the blades, which will actually come in later. But and then yeah, just go about making sure that everything's uh, set up, ready for the ceremony. You come outside and you see that a couple of couple of the riggers are putting things together for the pyre. Exactly the way that you kind of instructed them to. Um, what does the pie look like? Is it just like rows of wood stacked up with like stuff inside, or have you done something a bit more? I imagine I don't. I don't think we really think we would have had much uh, in the like way of like timbers to make a fanciful pie. So I imagine it's just like yeah, like a bear, I guess, like just stacked timbers with like the the ring around it of timbers to uh to ignite 
to make it easier to ignite. Mm. And the body is still within his wagon at the moment, as far from what I remember. Yeah. 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 I, mean, uh, I think Uri might uh, go and grab Miron now and put him on the on the on the pyre. Yeah, you open up the door. It's still broken in from when you first entered. Um, most a few people have come and like laid flowers down at the uh, bottom of the steps of the wagon. A few people have left tokens, notes, stuff like that. And you wander inside, and he's lying there in the bed. His body's less contorted now. His muscles seem to have relaxed, and someone has politely laid him there with his hands on his chest and closed both of his eyes with two copper coins over the top of his eyes. Or over his eyelids, should I say? Yeah. Well, Uri will make sure that he's um, presentable, I guess, like clothes all in order and whatnot, and uh, to uh, gather him up and take him out to the pyre. And then if he can't get, or the, he'll come back after putting him on the pyre to gather all the tokens that people have put and put them around the pyre as well. Okay. Or maybe uh, with Miron on the pyre. Kale, early morning comes. You woken up a little bit by the light, maybe coming in and waking you. What are you doing this morning? Well, uh, business as usual. Fair breakfast. So you start cooking up a meal. Mm. Anything in particular? No, just the usual. Bacon and eggies or something like that. Yeah, whatever the the usual communal breakfast is. And start cooking that up, and as you're putting these things out, um. Yuri, you'd smell the wafts of this food coming across. Good indication that you know that Kale's awake. Yeah. Javier, you trudge into camp. You can, you two at this point can smell cooking of food. You can see Yuri working at the pyre. Mm-hmm. Duke kind of drops you off at your wagon and goes to go have a lie down before the ceremony. All right, I'll, I'll start cleaning myself up. After about... Half an hour, Yuri, probably, as the sun's risen. Um, you see Father Nellan turn up, still dressed in his white and gold blazoned gown or priest uh, cloak, symbol around his neck of a key with the what looks like some sort of royal or very well-crafted building. Still got scratches across his face. There's less redness to them, just swollenness. And he goes, Yuri, how are you doing? Um, um, well, Father, thank you for asking, uh, and, and thank you again for coming out and doing this for us. It means a lot. That's my pleasure. If a soul has left this plane, the best I can do is pass it on to the next. Of course, um, well, should I go about rousing, uh, the rest of, the rest of the crew? If, yes. I mean, I'm, I'm not, like, I'm not saying I'm in a hurry. I'm just saying, like, I'm here and I'm ready when you guys are. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Um, and Uriel, uh, show him over to where the Pyre and Miron are, and then, um, maybe mention if he wants something to eat, Kale might have something in the, um... Oh, yes, no, I, I, I didn't manage to cook anything this morning. I might pop over and grab a... Something to eat, it does smell rather nice. Thank you. Not to worry, mate. Not to worry. He'll wander off. And Uri will go about um, 
I guess, uh, slowly rousing the camp, making sure people are uh, up and ready, checking on Bunny and whatnot. You find Bunny lying down in his tent, his two legs sticking out of the uh, entranceway. He didn't quite make it into his cot. He's just fallen asleep in the entranceway. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, rise and shine, mate. Uh, 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 you uh, seem to have, have had a good night, mate. Did ya? Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was good. I don't really remember half of it, but it was nice, just, you know. Well, at least you remember half of it, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the other half, I'm, I'm not too sure, but, uh. Well, that's good, mate, that's good, uh. Well, uh, freshen yourself up, uh, we'll, uh, the father's here, uh, I think we're gonna begin the service in, what, say, uh, 15 minutes or half an hour or something like that. All right, all right, I'll get, I'll get myself dressed. He gets into his tent. He just ooh, hear a couple of groans and moans as he starts to get changed. Who, who else do you go visit? Uh, just he'll, he'll he'll just slowly wander the camp. Like you know, if people aren't up, he'll uh, just gently wake them and let them know what's going on. Kale, you're visited by uh, Father Nellan. He's ah, Kale. I heard there was a breakfast here, if, if possible. Oh, yes, of course. Plenty to go around. Fantastic. And just just grab what I want. Just grab a plate. Yeah, sure. Uh, need a hand with anything? Just let me know. Oh, no, I'm quite all right. Do you, do you need a hand with anything? No, no, I'm, I'm good. It's good to hear. It gives you a smile and... And slowly but surely, a crowd gathers around the pyre. Everyone from camp is here. And we're talking, like, close to 40 people. You see all the actors are there. You see... All the Featherfall Five in their leotards, standing together, looking on on Miron in the middle. You see Tahalia in her outfit that she traditionally wears when she's in the uh, when she's in the morning sessions of uh, this morning show. You see Axel in his full outfit, standing there watching. All the Dwarven throwers with all their different coloured outfits, and it's very like. Almost clown-like. The clowns are there as well, all in their outfits. Uh, you also see Mordain. She has adopted a very black gown with, like, a black hood over her head. And Cole's standing next to her in his, like, his presentable outfit that he wears when he goes on stage. The priest banker Nellen wanders forwards. I thank you all for coming here. Friends and family alike. Make the master of the first vault protect you all. He wanders over towards Miron. Abadar, god of wolves and ditches, here lies Miron, Thunder Stenhol. He has passed from our realm and into yours. May you help him seek fortune and wealth for his eternal resting place. A man whose guidance, like yours, has protected a community. For the ones he has left behind, I ask, may you shine your guidance on those here in grief and bear their sadness. May you support them in dire times. May you brace them during this time of hardship. May you give them welfare in this moment of sorrow and allow them to see the golden light that you have allowed us to prosper. He starts walking around the pyre and he's placing a ring of copper coins, saying a small prayer to himself or to Miron as he places one down. You hear it as he walks past, it's like... May the ditches sow the soil. 
just like small prayers every time he walks around. He stands back and he kind of addresses the crowd in a way now. He's like, I personally never knew the man, but I told he, I was told he was kind, always looking out for those in need and in wanting. He was honest, helped, and gave advice when needed. He looked for the best in everyone and found a living, making everyone he could happy, whether it was family, community, or consumer. Does anyone have any words for Miron before we let him into the first vault? The professor steps forwards. He was a good man. For those of you that were here before us, I'd like to thank him. I'd like to thank you, Muron, for helping us escape that disastrous place. He's always a kind-hearted soul, never one to rise to anger unless needed, but it was never spiteful. He loved all of us equally. He was fair and trustworthy, qualities that are hard to find in our community. We all came here because we trusted and loved him. This circus, we were his family. This circus is his legacy, and I think we should carry on in his name. And he wanders up towards Miron and kind of just places a hand on Miron's chest. I never thought I would be the one standing here and you there. I will miss you, my dear friend. No more late nights of dreaming of what our next plan would be, only for you to turn it on its head and have a completely new idea five minutes later. I know I'm not ready to take on the leadership yet, but I know I have support. And he turns around to face each of you. Kale, Javier, and Yuri. Our circus is in good hands, my friend. I hope wherever you go, that you are happy. He kind of breaks down a little bit. You make others happy wherever you are. He puts a hand up towards his mouth and he just walks back. Bunny steps towards the pyre and comes close to Miron. Kind of got like his hands in his pockets a little bit. Well, uh... Well, shit, I'm not good at these, but... I, I just wanted to say thank you. You, uh, you did right by us. And I'm glad for the time that we had with you, Mr. Mister Thunder. Kale, Tahalia is standing next to you, and you can you hear a sniff, just... <laughs> and you put, I see her hand move up and wipe at her face. Which is, goodbye, friend. Does anyone else want to step forward? Say anything? Uh, Uri will. Uri will step up, and... Just looking down at Miron, he'll go, uh... You, uh... You were, you were the first person that really saw me as a as a person in like 30 years and you gave me this family that yeah well and he'll reach into uh, his jacket and pull out a key and place it on Uri's chest thanks mate have a uh, kale uh, I'll step up I'll take off my hat kind of hold it over my chest and turn back to everyone I think Father Nellen had the right words when he said that Miron saw the best in everyone he definitely saw the best in me in my dark days before joining this circus and we can only hope and we can only strive to help see the best in everyone else moving forward if nothing else that is Miron's legacy 
he saw the best in the world, and I hope that we can continue to do the same. Thank you, my old friend. I'll step back. Kale, do you want to say anything? Um, no. Kale will not. The professor steps forwards with a small baton in his hand. Kind of looks around at everyone and is like, kind of laughs a little bit. I haven't done this in years. He lights it up. Baton just... Green flame. You see him take like a small bottle from his pocket, puts the liquid inside in his mouth. You see him blow this liquid into the baton, hitting the pyre. The pyre erupts in flames. All of you can hear the crackling and bursting of air trapped within the wood popping as this pyre goes up in flames. You see all the thank you letters and some of the flowers just start to crumple inwards and turn black. You see the gold coins in the circle slowly but surely get dragged in within the circle. Sorry, the copper coins get dragged into the circle. A few people you can hear starting to cry. A couple of people leave the circle and disappear into their tents. As people start disappearing, you do actually notice that didn't notice him before, but you actually see the mayor ever. I'll show you a picture of him. Standing there with his hand, hat to his chest, around just the corner, slightly away from the circle, standing there watching the pyre. And slowly but surely, people leave. While the uh, pyre is still burning, Uri's going to walk back up to it and pulling out his knuckle dagger. He's actually going to, on each of his forearms, where there isn't scars, um, carve a little uh, key Hmm. in each of his arms with his dagger and then wrap them in bandage and walk away. Javier, Kale, do you stay around the fire for much longer or...? Yeah, I'll, I'll stay there and I'll just try a comfort to anyone who needs it or wants to talk or whatever. Father Nellan makes his rounds and comes up to you, like talks to different uh, performers and some of the riggers and stuff like that, and eventually it comes your way. How are you doing, Javier? Well, it's never easy, is it? No. No. But we know he goes to a place where Abadar will keep him safe. And we have such a good community here that... None of us will be down for too long. The sadness will stay, but we'll pull ourselves back on our feet. I believe that. From what I've, how I've spoken to the professor and some of your other circus folk, it's almost like a new beginning. It was sad that he never got to see the circus, that he so proudly was helped craft and build. But like great men before him, some die before their projects are done never see whether it's a structure of some kind or a business or even a circus they may not see the end result but I know that he is proud thank you and you'll wander off slightly so what do you guys do for the rest of the day uh, I think I want to sit around the the main campfire and just 
trade Miron stories with whoever comes, whoever, like, yeah, if anyone comes to sit down or just chill or whatever, just trade Miron stories with them, or just stories in general, just try and keep a, a fairly light atmosphere. Yeah. Few people come by. Uh, the professor comes and sits down a little bit and shares a story. I remember the first time we met. It was back in... Oh, can't remember how many years ago it was. Maybe 20, 30? I think it was a bit longer than that, Professor. Oh, shut up. You. And he was a young, aspiring lad. I think he joined as a rigger to begin with. But he just had this voice that just boomed out and certain people just took affection to him. He was always no, he was kind, as we all know. This was back in my days when all I was was a fire twirler. <laughs> Never really changed. He was always just a gentle soul. Whenever someone had an issue, he was ready to jump up and accept the challenge. You know. I see a bit of him in you. I'm, I'm glad. In me? Well, from not last night, but the night before. The show. With you and... Yuri and Nathan Kale stepped up and were happy to you know, help fill in the gap that he left behind. He was watching over you in whatever way he believes in. We never spoke of philosophy or anything like that. And But I like to imagine that he, you know, you know lives in the spirit of the tent and such. Not, not in a strange ghostly way, but just... <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not going to find the ghost of him anywhere, but... But more that his perseverance and his love it sticks around for a bit longer. I know he won't let us fail. I think I can believe that. At some point, Kale, I presume you wander back towards your kitchen, or do you hang around the fire, trade stories? You hang around the fire for a while, and eventually head back. Talia will hang around you for, like, most of this time. If you leave and go somewhere, she normally follows. I just can't believe it. She pops up at some point, maybe after like a half an hour of silence since everyone left the circle. And seeing the body that night, discovering it. I can't believe he's gone. He helped me, you know. My tribe. My tribe had to split apart and they weren't. We weren't able to stay together anymore, so I had to take up jobs here and there and slowly but surely you know fell into the circus and crowd and ended up at the menagerie I remember I was only god I was 20 21 22 something like that like eight ten years ago and I remember Gringok do you remember Gringok the big ogre who used to just torment everyone just walk past and push people over Oh, I remember. He... He had an eye for me. And her, her voice starts welling up a little bit. And he, he protected me. Made sure I was, you know, always close by. <laughs> Made sure whatever was going on with that ogre beast <laughs> was not happening near us. <sighs> she kind of, like, goes into a pocket and pulls out, like, a handkerchief and just kind of dabs at her eyes a little bit. <sighs> That's not here or now. I feel safe at the circus. I feel safe with you. Yeah, I feel safe here too. 
And you guys going to spend most of the days just kind of settled down at the moment, relaxing, trying to not just do like maintenance on the circus or? Yuri would spend a, a good portion of the day actually probably off either sitting near the forest or like just off by himself in contemplation. You guys see people come and go, walk past. People come to the fire and share small stories. The dwarven throwers reminisce about how they tried to get Miron drunk one day, but they just couldn't do it. And the professor laughs and comments that he was throwing his beers out the window and they had no idea. (laughs) (laughs) You see, Mordain kind of stands there for a little while, staring at the fire. Cole disappears off. She kind of just stands there just watching. Eventually, like, every now and again, people have to go and either rekindle the fire or allow the fire to go. But eventually it is just becomes ash. You see a few bones in there. You see a couple of the gold coin, uh, copper coins sitting on the ground. You guys spend the day doing what you need to. Yuri in the forest. Are you thinking, thinking about stuff, I guess? What's going on inside Yuri's brain? What's he thinking about? Oh, he's just thinking about, um, Miron, I guess. Um, how he helped him at, um, Madame Dustlight's, or Mistress Dustlight's, uh, menagerie. Uh, protected him somewhat. Uh, and then, yeah, got him out of it and, and bought him this whole new experience and he's just yeah I guess he's just grateful for uh Miron but still thinking about his them together and the effect that Miron had on Uri's life Javier do you share any stories I I think Javier is more interested in what other people have to say about him because you only knew him for like two months or so right probably one of the newest members of the troop yeah. So you hear all these stories, and I guess part of you gets to know him. Like, really learn who this person is, and I don't think no one brings out, like, a bad story or a negative story. Carol, you and Tahalia hang out in silence. Every now and again, she'll ask you how you're doing. Just to break the silence, really. And I guess... Yeah, the day comes to an end. Everyone, the whole troop is in mourning. Everyone's grieving. Everyone finds their own way back to their tents and their wagons at night. Falls asleep. And it's a new day. And as you guys, like, wake up and look around after, like, the day you had before of just mourning, it's almost pleasant to see that the circus is almost back together like a lot some of you maybe get woken up by the riggers repinning some of the pegs uh holding the big top tarp down to the ground you hear laborers like moving uh equipment around you see a couple of the performers practicing you see the further full five um practicing some of the routines and stuff like that mm-hmm. you guys spend your mornings in your usual routine and at some point, like you're all gathered around, maybe 
maybe around lunchtime or even even actually probably breakfast. Calbert uh, has finished off cooking up like a basic brekkie for everyone as he usually does, and you guys go up and grab food. And the mayor Abba comes towards you guys from town. Greetings, uh, gentlemen. I I just thought that I would notify you that uh, uh tomorrow morning I'm 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 uh, heading out towards the Hermitage if you're interested. Right, um, to, to go see what the bloody hell did. They're at. Yeah. Yeah, right, um, to you, uh, I, I would actually like to, uh, to get to the bottom of this as well. So do you mind if, uh, you, you have some company or were you thinking to go alone? Well, look, I, with everything going on, I guess a little bit of company, especially from uh, yourself and... Uh, some of your uh, circus folk would, wouldn't be, uh, you know, looked on badly. Uh, I know uh, there are questions to be had by you and by me. I, I just don't understand why uh, it's come across us. Makes sense. Like, we had a good relationship with the Hermitage, and, I mean, we don't even see them anymore. They used to come in once a week, come get supplies, but we haven't seen them for, like, over a month now. So, I, I, I guess questions need to be answered, and yes... I thought I'd, I'd humbly offer to you, gentlemen, uh, if you'd like to come with me. Well, if it's muscle you need, I guess we'll be there. Well, it's... I, I, I don't expect, like, muscle. I just, explanation. Well, there might be. Look, I don't know, if I'm honest. And he, he looks frustrated. Like, he's just like, I don't know what the what dang heck is happening around here. Like, I just want answers for questions that I have. And I know that you gentlemen do too, and I mean, muscle's muscle, but I, I don't know what to expect. I'm curious as well, Mayor. And that's why, uh, and he like, off, like not offers out his hat, but he like pushes his hat out from his chest towards you and saying, that's why I thought I'd offer. Well, thank you very much, mate. Uh, we'll be along, well, well, at least I will. Uh, actually, uh, seeing as you're here, uh, you know, uh, Prana. Pruna, whatever her name is. Yeah, I know Two Punch. Yeah, that's the one. Um, and and that goat of goat of hers. I don't mind the goat, but uh, she's. What's she done now? Um, she, well, she hadn't done nothing, but uh, she wanted us to approach you about her possibly, uh, I guess, interviewing for the position of sheriff in the town. She said something about being able to keep her mug people in in line properly if, uh, I don't know, right? something probably need to talk to her about, but she, she asked us to mention it to you. Let me get this straight. Her, her and her lads, they've been causing a lot of mischief in town. Well, not her directly, but her lads who have been causing mischief want her to be the new sheriff. Well, that was I was a little confused about, you know, like... Exactly, like you put put it pretty straight, uh, Mister Mayor, mate. Like, yeah, look, we don't even know what happened to the old sheriff. Like, as at last, last that I found was that he was trying to get a posse together to go arrest her, and now she wants to be the sheriff. I mean, that makes it sound like she did something. I, I... well, no, you put it like that. It actually, does doesn't it? I I didn't have the full story, I guess, but like, yeah, like seems might suspicious if you. If you ask me, you know, but... Look, I'm just uh, being a 
No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not cursing at you because it's your fault and nothing. It's just it's such a strange situation. That's all. Yes, well. Why would she apply for a position that she also fought against and some such? Well, exactly. Like it's it. She's like she's the the, the mischievous one of, of the town or whatnot. You know, like she now wants to be the 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 lawkeeper or whatever. Like, I, yeah, it's confusing. Well, look. Trouble I have is that it's mainly her ones causing the trouble, but she could do the job. I know that much. No one ain't gonna, I mean, bless my guilt, but fuck with her. But, uh. Yeah, she seems a little bit on the tough side, you know, but, um, like, it's just a matter of, like, whether or not you, you trust her with the, the power or whatnot, and, and once you give her the powers, you, you have some way of taking it away from her if she abuses it, something like that. It's a fair point. I mean, I mean, like like uh, our old sheriff said, like he needs a posse to go over after them, and it's not like there's many of them. It's only six or seven of them total. Damn muggers. Well, she didn't mention anything about her, her muggers being deputies or whatever. Like she she meant. I, oh, I actually I like the suggestion. It was a uh, a goat, uh, Violet. I think it is. Maybe I know. Yeah. Um. You know, uh, she, we, we kind of thought that he might be a good, uh, or is she, whatever it is, uh, be a good deputy for her, but uh, the muggers themselves I don't think would make a very good fit, you know? No, I don't think so, but these are trying times. Like, maybe it is something we need to consider. If I'm... Uh, I don't know. It's, if she's able to control her gentleman... I, I I could definitely imagine her in that position, but it's still come down to we don't know what happened to the old sheriff. Like he he may she may return. We don't know. Well, maybe make that part of Two Punch's first responsibilities. You know, find out what happened. This ain't no bad idea. Yeah, maybe she can deal with. Maybe I'll put her on to uh figuring out what happened to them. Just uh my my two cents from someone who doesn't really know. All of the situation, but I wouldn't put her in charge of uh, in charge of a, a child's birthday party. No. Nope. Well, yeah, because like you, you put in charge of beating up the, the 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 parents of the children or something like that. That's the kind of person she is. Like she wouldn't organize the party. She'd break it up. Which I mean, like she. I know she's good in a fight, and I know if I had her sheriff, no one would mess with her. But it it is that other half that. She knows no one would mess with her, therefore she might try and obtain power, but I don't know. Like, this, this is something I, I may need to discuss with uh, some of the authorities that look over this area. I mean, hell, ultimately it's my decision. Like, she just needs to prove herself, that's all. If she can prove to me that she can do something for the community that's not self-interested, possibly. She can promise me that the muggers won't be uh, causing mischief in town. I, I, can, I can agree to her terms for the time being. Who knows what the future will hold? Seems like you're uh, at least thinking about it. Uh, it's desperate times. I ain't got anyone else to replace that. Either that sheriff. So that woman might be the best option that I have. And someone who's willing to do it as well, that's the other thing. Since the old sheriff disappeared, people aren't, aren't ready to, you know, stand up. Most of them thought it was the muggers. But, uh, I mean, if she can prove her innocence, you know, it'll be pretty heavy again uh, for the case for her to be the new sheriff. Who knows? But yeah, I, I thought I'd come and inform you about uh, me leaving on the morrow. Uh, leaving early. It would only be like a two-hour hike. 
over there. Well, uh, where, where do you want us to meet you? Just, uh, I'll, you know, I'll come fetch you. I'll come fetch you tomorrow morning, and we can head off together. Splendid, mate. All right, well, I, I bid you guys adieu, and, like, bows pleasantly. And he picks up a sausage and wanders off. Mm. All right. So the day is yours, gentlemen. You guys just plan to relax? No, I think Javier's going to do some relatively hardcore training with the Duke. Ooh. What sort of training are we thinking about? So this is this is actually a thing you guys can do, some of your downtime. Like, you can actually work on your act, which means when you put on these, uh, these acts when the circus happens once a week, you can actually improve the act, which means the difficulty becomes higher, but there's more excitement, there's more... So you can actually progress your... Yeah, you can progress your, your trick. So the more checks you have at a higher level... So you can you can set these. This is, this is the beauty of this. So if you have a trick and you go, right, I want to make it a certain difficulty, you choose the DCs that they are. That makes sense. So you can choose, obviously, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 even, if you wish. And you can set DCs, and the higher the DC, the more excitement, which means the which means next show has more anticipation, which means more people come, meaning bigger audiences. So these are all things you can think about. And the more you can have multiple checks within your trick to make it, you know, more exciting. Um, and I want you guys to kind of, I guess, think of... Um, your tricks and think at each part of your trick when something changes within the show you're putting on to give yourself a um, a check, which you choose. And you can set yourself a really easy one and stuff like that and like make it like DC5 to do this trick that happens to be this. We'll, we'll game this system and just string a bunch of DC5 tricks together. <laughs> but you're not going to get much anticipation for that and you're going to get much excitement, which means people aren't going to be coming back and come to see the show because they will get bored. So it's like it's it's always constantly trying to strive to make your trick more tricky. So you have done that. You did that in the in the first session, or technically second session, when you decided to get Elira involved in your trick. And that's I made the DC higher. I made it rather than uh, one. I made it slightly higher, and it meant that when the ending happened, there was a bigger payoff. Yeah. So these are things to think about. Like I'm not sure if Yuri's going to be putting on another act, but if he is, this is something you can think about adding extra tricks and stuff like that. Same with Kale. Kale wants to improve on his trick. Swap it up a little bit. <laughs> I don't think you can improve on that. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening back to that today and I was just, I was in tears just trying to, I was laughing my head off while I was trying to solder a, uh, a piece of equipment to a PCB. <laughs> I was just like, fucking. Uh, but yeah, but he's also got his trick with Mordain mm. that he may or may not have, that oh, he may true. have to work on with her. Indeed. Yeah, I don't think Javier is going to do uh, too much training on his trick today. Mainly just strength training um, and like dexterity training. Just just moving rapidly, just getting real real sweaty and working the muscles and yeah, just like a solid workout. Do I have an eighties um, montage sweaty music? Yeah, we just need yeah, like a, a, a Rocky Balboa thing. Yeah, fantastic. Yuri? Um, I think Yuri would be uh, pottering around helping the riggers uh, with various maintenance tasks and whatnot. He may uh, 
check uh, the medical supplies mm. and ensure that they're all good and also check on um, what's the bear's name again? Um, uh, Bardoff. Bardoff. Yeah, check on Bardoff to see how he's going as well. Alright. So you, you wander around and like the riggers are all looking up to you now. Like They've kind of seen you as a some sort of leader in some sense, especially after seeing you perform, a lot of them are very, very impressed with you. And so a lot of them are like, yeah, yeah, and they're all laugh- like laughing and having a go. And it's just like it was um, three days ago, like before the, the the show even happened. And yeah, yeah, they're doing well, as usual, making sure everything's kept tight. They have to double check the rigging every day because as the wind comes through, it can move around some of the knots, untighten them, so they've got to retighten them because you lose that tent, like, bloody, that's going to like knock over half the town. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> like... And there's big and the big wooden planks in the middle. They have to like make sure that all stays upright and stuff like that. And um, yeah, and then you head around to medical supplies. So you do actually go to um, Chaos Tent. Yeah, that's where they keep. And you see him in there with Tahalia, and she's just kind of sitting in the corner, just you know, playing. I think she's got like some little like one of the toys that Chaos makes, and she's got it in her hand. She's just kind of moving around, playing with it. And Kale, what are you doing? Uh, he's just chilling, working on food stuff, toy stuff. So yeah, Yuri, you wander in and see him working on recipes. Tali's in the corner. Yeah, just give him a nod, just say, all right. And uh, wander off out to the back and start doing a stock, I guess. Stock take. Yep. Stock's a um, little bit low. With all the injuries that happened last night and the maintaining of these injuries, you are on the lower half of uh, medical supplies. Yeah. So you may have to go into town and buy some. Yeah. And um, at some point, and just stock up. Might do that after the um, the journey to the Hermitage tomorrow. Possibly. Yep. Yep. That would be a good time. Like uh, you've got, you've got a few injuries at the moment. You've got obviously Bardoff, who because he's a bear, he takes more. Uh, than would be normally. You guys are also using up some of these supplies to replenish your bags that you take with you when you go out and you've had a couple of injuries while you've been out. Yep. Plus Freya's hand is still recovering and once people recover, it's less likely. Um, so yeah, so Edge, I'll um, I'll discuss with you how much it costs, but, um, but the professor will cover the charge. Yeah, no worries. Yep. All right. So you guys go around your merry way doing the things that you do. Sun goes down. You guys wake up the next morning and you're all level three. <gasps> Yay. Nice. And I guess we'll see you next Ooh. week. <laughs> That's a good place to end. We leveled up. It was all that hard work that Javier did yesterday. You guys should thank me. <laughs> Thanks, Javier. <laughs> well, XP could be given out for more than just physical combat stuff. It's emotional experience. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> don't cry oh. in front of the DM. <laughs> that was a good episode. I liked that episode.